New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Hey, Kevin, you get your hair rolling, man. Yucky dog, yucky dog, huh? You get it, Kev? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, I can't afford Skype. Baseball analogy. Oh, yeah, Kevin, I just think yucky dog, I don't speak the painting. You People. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. What do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, yeah, uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> DonTony.com Seth Rollins is afraid of men with masks. Now, in a perfect storyline, Becky Lynch should try to smack some sense into him or even better. Love to see the fiend maybe choke out Becky Lynch. Piss off Seth Rollins even more. But, eh, you know, I think we're wishing for a little bit too much. What's up, everyone? It is Monday night. September 16th, 2019. Welcome to this edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony and he is Kev Castle. What's up, DT? Uh, not much. Not a bad raw. Um, started out, you know, with the fiend, ended with the fiend. Uh, I don't understand Seth Rollins almost peeing in his pants in the end in fright. Uh, I, I mean, what does that say about Seth Rollins? But, you know, we got to see Kane. Uh, we now have a mayor uh, with the 24-7 championship under right. his vest. We almost had Dirty Sanchez being the father of Maria Canellis. <laughs> Uh, people are saying that Rusev uh, looks like me. I think it's kind of actually the reverse. You know, maybe since I just joined the gym, maybe I could get myself in a little shape to sort of look like that. Not even close. And um, for some reason, the AOP needs to be repackaged again. But uh, it is what it is. We're going to get into Raw. Get into a couple of news tidbits. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Sasha uh, documentary, what happened last night, you know, which I think people blew way out of proportion. Uh, the little apology that Ryan Satin issued today that's getting uh, not the greatest reaction. We'll discuss that. And a uh, few other tidbits going on. But, um, I mean, overall, what did you think of Raw tonight? 
I thought it wasn't bad. I mean, it was I was goofing on it, but that's what I do. It says no reflection on what I really think of the product. It's mostly for laughs, but uh, I thought it opened up good. I mean, listen, DT, you know it too. You're only going to get so much out of Seth Rollins. You're not going to get a good back and forth. You know, it's this is not Flair and uh, Dusty Rhodes. Mm. So, you know, you got Bray Wyatt who did his job, creepy as ever, doing his, you know, Mr. Rogers, then morphs into the creep guy. And Seth is just like uh, Seth, you know. He's not going to give you. He's not going to give you a good back and forth debate. You're not. He's all in ring, nothing much more. You know, the one thing that I never liked about Seth is his promo. I mean, going back to Jan, Jan. Oh, but even when I reminisced, because we recently had the anniversary when he was fe- uh, feuding with Finn Balor. And just him saying Demon King over and over again, it's like, you know, even when he feuded with Kane and he feuded with Demon King and now he's a, I just, I don't know, he's going to say The Fiend 10,000 times and he isn't flowing. It's just not, and Seth Rollins is one of the most liked wrestlers on the company. I mean, we always got to remember the live audience that's there. It's families, it's kids, and you know, when you, and I've said this before, you go to a live wrestling show, whether it's WWE, whether it's TNA, you know, Impact Wrestling, soon to be AEW on a regular basis, even an indie show with a hundred people. Yeah. Very rare that you go home not having a good time. Yeah. And, and the fans there are having a good time. And, you know, they're, they're enjoying themselves. I mean, there were times tonight where the crowd was awfully quiet. But in the end, when they go home, I think they have a great time. And, you know, when you know that Seth Rollins is going to be the focal point of this show, you know, you're going to the show, so you know what you're going to expect. You know who the main players are going to be. It's not mm-hmm. that you have 10,000 people there and 9,000 are there hoping to get a sighting of the fiend. I mean, it's Bray Wyatt with a mask on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to diminish diminish it, but you're only going to get little tastes right now. You're going to just get, like, they're not even going to give you the appetizer to taste it. They're basically yeah. passing out the hors d'oeuvres, but when you go to try to sample the hors d'oeuvres, get your fucking hands out of that tray. Like, they're not even going to give you the sample. They're going to wait to hell in the cell. Yeah, definitely. But you know what? Yesterday... You and I were trying to choose which Hell in the Cell match that we would like to see, Seth versus Bray or Sasha mm-hmm. versus Becky, even though neither one was announced. And uh, I think you said both. That's what yeah. we got. So those two yeah. matches will be your Hell in the Cell matches. Looking forward to that, actually. I'm actually three, three weeks away, so it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah. I mean, um, look, I think the storyline is great. Um, I'm not going to change my opinion of what I said yesterday about the match and the referee and stuff like that. Becky being fined $10,000. You know, I hate these fucking fines. You know, Kevin Owens, 100000 Who's going to be the one that's... Maybe Benoit got fined a million. I I don't know if anybody ever get fined a million dollars. Did... Did... Did, did Kevin Owens even get fined a hundred thousand dollars for headbutting Vince McMahon? No, remember that? Yeah, that was jeez. Yeah, you, you figured figured that would have carried a lot more weight than uh, hitting a referee. Yeah, and the best part of tonight, 
there's nothing like a rope break while pummeling your opponent who may have impregnated your wife. They oh, did God. this stupid shit trying to make it sound like Ricochet got Maria Canellis pregnant. So Mike Canellis wants to have a match. And, you know, he's beating down the person in storyline that he thinks for a hot second may have impregnated his wife. And the referee goes for a clean break and he clean breaks. And I'm like, this is a guy who apparently banged your wife and you rope break. That just basically spell. And look, Maria never said that Rusev was the father. Just basically Mike Kanellis right now is playing the dumb Pollock. Thinking that, you know, it's it, anything that someone else is going to come out and pummel Mike Canellis. I don't even think it's going to go that far. I think Maria Canellis, I, I, I hope that she just says, look, I did it in vitro, whatever that shit's called, where they yeah, just yeah. inject sperm. And, you know, maybe she just went to the fucking lab and just said, look, give me give me any fucking bottle without a label on it. So she don't even know who the father is. <laughs> You know, is that is that what's called in vitro? Is that? It? I think it's called in. Is it called in vitro? I have no idea. I don't. I don't know anything about in, you yeah, know I mean, uh, sperm donor or recipients. I all I know is that somebody said in vitro once. So uh, I don't even know what that is. And it's funny because in my neck of the woods, five minutes from here, is a big club called Vitro. It's a restaurant oh, yeah, nightclub. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, there is. I, yeah, I know that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Mambo Mike, Mike, Mambo Mike is saying yes. It's in. Vitro. Oh, so I, 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 I don't Not even right. know how I got that right. In vitro. Holy shit! I just guessed. I didn't do I know, my in, research I, tonight about that. I know in, in utero that's a good album, but I, I don't know about in vitro. Yeah, that's true. In yes, utero sounds like a YouTube album. Isn't it's not, Euro, no but it, it sounds like a, a name that U2 oh, would have came <laughs> back in the day. Like U2 presents in vitro. In, it's a Nirvana, Nirvana. It's a classic Nirvana album. There yeah. I had Nirvana on my, uh, oh, back in the day. I don't, I don't remember what I bought. I just, you know, I, whatever oh. one that had his, you know, famous songs before he died. Oh, the one with the baby in the water on the cover. Yeah. 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 I think that's the one everybody probably had. Yeah. That's the, 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 uh, debut. Yeah. And look, no surprise tonight. I liked the match uh, for a brief second. I said, you know, I actually would have no problem with Chad Gable being king of the ring, but Corbin wins it. Uh, tomorrow's the coronation ceremony. I wonder if maybe Kevin Owens gets involved. Maybe he doesn't. But um, look, Baron Corbin still has a long way to go to be a big-time WWE superstar. But I even this this. The, the ones out there who dislike him the most have to admit that he has improved quite a bit. Um, yeah, and, and I got to give him credit because he always had that confidence that he could put it together. It's not completely together, but he is much improved than before. He is. I agree with you, DT. I think the uh, the change in what you know they changed the wardrobe a little bit. He looks a little bit. He looks more comfortable now in the uh, tank top wife beater than he had in the button down shirt. Yeah. Um, the pants are a little looser, a little different. Um, and he does, DT. I, you're right. He wrestles with confidence. He doesn't look rattled or shaken by anything. Yeah. That, he looks like he looks like he can, he can go. You know, and he doesn't look rattled. That's one thing that Baron Corman did not have two three years ago. He was not a ring general. And I'm not saying ring general like Bret Hart or anything like that. But the guy can... I I always brought up a long time ago that elimination chamber match with, I think it was Kozlov in it. 
And I always brought up, you know, just look at, you know, him moving around the ring and not even, you know, like understanding like where, like he couldn't even figure out where he belonged in certain areas. And, you know, no ring presence whatsoever. Didn't, couldn't tell a story for shit. Uh, It got better later on, but Corbin now looks like he's confident in the ring. And, you know, I'm glad he won King of the Ring. And, you know, I'm not uh, a fan of his yet, but I said it recently and I'll say it again. If I look back at the 2019 Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, I got to give it to Corbin. Yeah, he's definitely, he led the match tonight. He did well. Chad, let's give Chad Gable props too. I mean, he did a really good job. DT, your opinion and and when I say this, I don't mean literally he's a top guy now. But was Chad Gable in a way made tonight as a singles wrestler? No. Chad Gable is being made like uh, an underdog kid. You know, like yeah. the, all the kid references, you need to be this tall to do this and this. And I mean, you know, there have been shorter wrestlers than Chad Gable who have gone very Myster- far Myster- in wrestling. Mysterio. Mysterio, yeah, he's, he might be sort of an exception to the rule. But there's been many. Chad Gable is fucking talented. And, you know, I don't like the extreme underdog. You know, like, the guy's really talented. He's got a lot of ability. So, you know, it should not be portrayed that it's an unbelievable upset if he beats someone. Kind of like the way ECW's Mikey Whipwreck, you mean? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, Chad Gable uh, is much more talented. No, 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 no. I know, no but I'm saying is that kind of storyline, that kind of no. underdog, not... And by the way, DT, he's not 5'8". He's about 5'6". I don't know. I don't know exactly his height. I mean, I got to look at another wrestler who's the same height as him and then just check out their profile. But, you know, Chad Gable should, uh, when you push someone too much as an underdog, you never get that suspension of disbelief that they win. Um, This isn't 1983 where you have enhancement talent and for about 30 seconds you think that a very young Kurt Henning or Eddie Gilbert's going to win a match and then... Oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah, and 45 seconds later the match is over. Uh, Chad Gable needs some decent wins, not wins that come off like flukes. There's nothing wrong with being surprised when you, you know, defeat an opponent. Bailey, Mm -hmm. I think, gave a great example of that yesterday. Uh, But Chad Gable... You know, he won two tournament matches. Uh, I would like his winning percentage from this point forward for the rest of the year to be above 500. Yeah. And and I'm not about stats, but it's about perception. And it just makes me feel like, you know, is Chad Gable going to get fed to, you know, some behemoth next? I just, I don't know where it goes from here for Chad Gable. But he is definitely a star. Um, not a big star, but I am a little concerned how they use him this point forward. Yeah, he's a great talent. I mean, I think he's a little lacking. He had more charisma, DT, when he had the headband on and the long hair. He looks, he's, he's acting almost like a little boy now. Like, he was more charismatic when he was a heel. He's got to kind of find, I guess, a new personality. Well, that's why they cut his hair and they changed his look a little bit. They want him to come off more as a younger kid, almost like a rookie in wrestling. And he's not necessarily a rookie. No, he's not. No. But, um, hey, we'll see the coronation ceremony tomorrow and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Um, You know, let's talk about the elephant in the room. You know, the uh, Sasha Banks, 
the documentary came out over the weekend. Yesterday, you know, I thought it was way overblown online, but we didn't talk about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of had a feeling I when I did the first half of Blah, Blah, Blah early this morning, by the way, that's on Patreon right now, I uh, actually said, you know, I have a fear that, you know, a lot of SJWs out there are going to really blow this out of proportion, especially since he didn't actually touch her. And, um, you know, for those that missed it, when Becky and Sasha were brawling outside the ring uh, through the arena and then they went back towards the ring, a uh, fan who were dick, asshole, guy, young guy who was uh, standing front row ringside, he had his cell phone on and he was filming footage of how close the wrestlers were to him. And when Sasha was climbing the barricade to, to, to go over it, um he put his hand out to make it look like he was going to grab her ass. Now, he didn't actually grab it. He didn't touch it. Uh, Still, he looked like a douche on film. But, you know, when I read reports this morning that Sasha was going to sue, like, I didn't even bother to go any further to see if she actually wrote that or if people were just insinuating that. And it kept bringing me back to this documentary. All right, Right. because, you know, there's a lot of controversy online right now because you and I had a real good laugh at the ridiculousness of the idea that, and people remember this, that Sasha Mm -hmm. Banks was uh, impersonating a bear rug. You know, when we were talking about, you you know, it was just, it was ridiculous. Laying down on the floor. Yeah, Yeah, laying down on the floor and this, this, and that. Now, the documentary came out and Ryan Satin, obviously, is the one that broke that story back WrestleMania time. And this documentary came out on the WWE Network and Sasha, very emotional, teary, talking about that story that came out, 100% untrue, according to her, and how much that affected her and, you know, the way she felt and all this others. Now, I'm not going to say anything else as far as how I feel or my reaction to that. But when you saw her react that way on the film, what was your impression of it? When I saw the documentary? When you saw her reaction when they opened up and talked about Ryan Satin saying that she had temper tantrum laying on the floor and doing this and that. What was your reaction when you saw uh, her reaction to you know what that story was like what was your impression about what she how she acted and what she said about that well i saw the documentary and i know that she uh said that you know people didn't know what's going on that she she was kind of uh like she said she was amazed about what people write and and you know things that people say that they don't know the facts i would i wasn't aware that it was ryan satin that actually started that Mm mm-hmm I wasn't even aware of that. I thought that all the dirt sheets DT took that story because I do recall. No, it always originates somewhere. Just like, you know, we didn't even bring it up yesterday. We had a good laugh about it. Right. It wasn't even 36 hours ago that a whole ton of websites were reporting that WWE has no interest in bringing back Luke Harper. I know. I saw that. I was laughing. I I mean, there's so much garbage out there. I said you were right. Yeah, you were right. I mean, it's it's just 99% of the garbage never leaves my lips onto these shows. It is so freaking hard to sift out all the bullshit today. And I take pride that I don't think any show does it better. But, you know, when they 
that part of the documentary, and they right. brought up that particular report by Satin and the way that she reacted to that report. I mean, what was your impression of Sasha? Well, that, she, she, that she looked like she was going to, I mean, you know, she's always teary eyed and upset. She cries a lot. Uh, in that documentary, I like her a lot more after seeing that documentary. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. But to, to me, she came off more likable and was more um, real with the fans, I think. I always found her to be someone on the defensive who yeah. felt like she didn't have to explain to the fans what went on in the locker room or it wasn't any of our business. I right, kind of always found her to be someone like that. Right. But what, what was your reaction to the way she reacted as far as that's so when they asked her the question? What, what do you mean? My reaction was... Yeah, um, I mean, what was your impression of her and her reaction when they asked her that question about that situation, that story? I sympathized with her because, you know, everyone thought that she was kind of a bitch and was maybe acting like that for a minute. I even might have believed it. I mean, I didn't believe that she was lying down on the floor and, you know, act, I didn't believe that. But I thought that she might have been jealous of the Iconics winning the belt, so didn't like the way she was being booked or was kind of you know, not wanting to work because she didn't like the, the way things were going for her, not being a team player. I mean, the thing that struck me was her saying that she started getting depressed after she heard Paige, you know, after she unintentionally heard Paige mm. in December 2017. That's when this started. Mm. And she went through this funk and she, or people saying things about her. The re, the fans were, or the haters, she won't say, were getting to her. Let me, so let, me th- let me ask you this. Um, we've had some discussions about this in the past uh when we were kids and we went to school right you pulled the girl's hair you know just playing around right was that considered bullying uh usually we used to hear from people that meant you liked the girl or something like right then they used to say that you actually kind of you like her and you're being a jerk to her because you like her isn't that usually the little kid or or you you shoot spitballs being a little mischievous in class was that Mm -hmm. considered bullying uh i don't remember hearing that word dt up until years back okay back in our back in our day i heard the word bully but bully was give me your lunch money or i'll punch you in the face that was a bully right am i am i correct i don't remember someone throwing a paper ball at me he's bullying me i don't no one ever talked like that okay here's my take on this and look this is not a scholar scholar bordeaux conversation we're not having a debate. Well, that was different. Be- yeah. yeah, because what I'm about to say is just an opinion. And um, I it's not to go against what Kev said or anybody else, but this is how I look at it. This is what I got from this documentary. Okay. There are a lot of people, young people today, that will, you know, get that need safe spaces then the 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 joke is they need a blankie they need crayons and coloring books they need hot chocolate they need a certain area where they could just color you know just to because they can't handle it you know you have some schools where now they bring fucking little donkeys for everybody to pet because people are just really can't handle you know adversity or or some things you know 15 years ago, we started complaining about the idea that everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets an award. There are no losers. There's only winners. And this is and that. 
And I got really pissed off when uh, around 2001, they tried to blame some of that on Mr. Rogers, that because Mr. Yeah, Rogers tried to treat everybody equal, that it was given this idea that you can never fail, and it's a, which was just asinine dopey. And here's where I get to Sasha Banks. Okay. Um, something that upsets her may have her bawling in tears. And some other woman may turn around and just look at that situation and say, what a fucking asshole. Not talking about, I'm talking about, you know, whoever posted reports and this and that. Everybody handles things differently. Of course. Sasha Banks has always been notoriously known as a complainer, needs to get her way, posts cryptic messages on social media, you know, trying, you know, trying to insinuate things and playing around. And the one thing that annoyed me about her reaction to all of this is this. She obviously handles criticism a lot differently than others. She has every right to have that. <coughs> I feel bad for her. And I say this all the time. You know, entertainers, wrestlers, movie stars, athletes, musicians, politicians, at the end of the day, they are human beings just like you and I. They cry just like everybody else. They don't like to be called names. They don't like to be made fun of. It's there there isn't a criteria that in order to be famous or or in order to be a celebrity that you have to uh, embrace or accept, you know, all this. It hurts for a lot of people. It hurts. I've talked to people. I did somebody right now that I won't mention the guy's name, but the guy was eaten alive online and everybody knows, you know, who the probably the person is. And, you know, nobody understands that, you know, this, this is a human being. And they have emotions also. And not everybody could handle it that way. My God, Brian Lawler was in jail. And because he couldn't handle the fact that his father didn't bail him out and he was in jail and he had a lot of issues, the guy fucking ended his life. You know, some people just can't handle adversity as much as others. So I, uh, I have no problem with Sasha Banks uh, really getting upset at this. She's a human being like everybody else. But, but, Sasha Banks, over the years, likes to play around on social media, likes to post cryptic messages, and try to insinuate certain things. And I'm sorry, man. You know, Judge Kavanaugh, did you see the story that broke over the weekend about the, with the New York Times? Yeah, I saw it. All right. For everybody out there, I'm not going po political here, but I'm making a point. You know, New York Times alleged that there was other sexual allegations with Judge Kavanaugh, and it ended up untrue. Yeah. It was immediately walked back and dispelled. You have athletes that are accused of certain things, and it's immediately walked back. When Ryan Satin posted this story, explained to me and please, everybody out there, don't give me this. Well, Sasha Banks doesn't need to answer at every bullshit story that's out there. Ryan Satin's got the blue check mark. His right. view is a lot more legitimate than everybody else. That's why she addressed Ryan Satin and didn't uh. address 
wrestling blah 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 dot com. You get a blue check mark next to your name. You get acknowledged. You look at people in wrestling and sports or wherever else. And usually you'll have 50,000 responses to something. And usually the only answer back to people with the checkbox. And it is a setting on Twitter where they will only see the people with the checkbox. But the thing uh. is, is that when this story came out, if Sasha Banks was that upset at it, and it really put her over the edge where she needed to leave her employment, where she needed to possibly seek help, which I don't know, you know, what that, you know, development was. We don't know. Right, right. But the point is, how the fuck do you leave that sitting out there for months and 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 let it snowball from a tiny little fucking ball of snow into a giant mountain? How do you leave right. it there? How do you, and if you don't want to answer publicly every little fart that's out there, there are wrestlers in WWE that are friends with Ryan Satin. People could have PM'd him privately and say, listen, dude, that story with uh, Sasha is not true. She's really upset by it. But what is this deal that with some people, they'll just let things sit out there for two months, three months, six months, a year, two years, and then say, that was never true. And it hurt me. It almost pushed me to fucking suicide. It made me so depressed I needed help. And it's that, and you don't say a fucking thing about it. You let it sit so millions and millions of people think that it's true. So that's the problem I have with it. If something really, really terrible about me, and I can only speak for me. I'm not comparing me to Sasha or anybody else, but I'm speaking just for me. Right. If if a, a crazy, ridiculous allegation about me was posted online, within two hours or five minutes, whenever I find out about it, I'm going to do everything possible to nip that shit right in the bud. All right, I'm not going to let it just sit there and wait for a documentary. And because now I'm so devastated about it, where I could have had this story dead in two hours, I don't have that much sympathy towards her with that because that could have been handled much differently. Fuck right. the whole story. WWE lost one of their biggest female stars because of depression and everything else. How does WWE not address this with Ryan Satin? Hey, man, you know, you, you caused one of our employees to really, like, lose it. And now she's not performing for us, and we're losing revenue in this, this, and that. How do you just, like, ignore all that? That's why people need to understand, I'm not accusing Sasha of false tears because, you know, you might call Sasha, you know, uh, you know she's got a lisp, and she might cry over that. There are people out there that will cry over every little thing. And I'm not sure. saying that, you know, she's like that. But my point is, is that she doesn't nip this in the bud. And now you do a WWE Network thing. And what happens? The big time hardcore Sasha Banks fans now think she's the greatest thing ever. And how could you go against her? Because this is someone who does have depression. This is someone who does have some mental health issues. You don't joke about mental health 
I always criticized myself because when Mike Awesome committed suicide, I went on my hotline and I said, that guy was a pussy. He fucking tapped out to life and you have to fucking be strong and everybody has adversity. I don't care if it's a bad relationship, financial problems. You can't accept the fact that you're not a wrestling star anymore. I fucking ripped that guy big time. I was there. I, re I, re I remember I was there. And I regret that because when you suffer from depression... That's a, a physical condition that takes over your body. You get sick over that. It, you know. can't fucking think straight. You, can, you, you just, I don't joke about mental health, all right? And I don't think Sasha Banks, her being depressed should be joked about or criticized. My only issue is that this could have been uh, resolved a long time ago. And the fact that they wait for a WWE Network special to dispel this, I think is ridiculous. I think it's terrible. Now, I know Ryan Satin tonight issued an apology and he's getting criticism saying because he's suffered from depression and anxiety lately. So he kind of put himself in that equation. Now, look, I know some people... Uh, you know, we'll say, wow, this guy had to put himself in that situation, try to make people feel sorry for him. And this and that. look, the guy may legitimately be depressed and, and anxiety. We just had, we just had a situation on, 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 on the news of somebody committing suicide. And you see all of these people, it's National Mental Health Awareness Month and this right. and that. And I read tweet after tweet after tweet from every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. Hey, man, I had a buddy who killed himself. I had yeah. a friend who killed himself. I almost killed myself. Mental health, when you talk about your friends and your relatives who go through depression, it's hands off, man. Hands off. I lost my best friend because of it. So if you're that upset because of your family and friends committing suicide and mental health is no joke, then why dispel it when it's a wrestler or a reporter or it's someone with a blue check mark? You know, we think of, you know, Robin Williams. I think he was depressed. There are a lot he of was. people out there that are tremendously... I We joked on our show, on our Patreon shows, Kev, that, hell, I could fucking be depressed and suicidal right now, and I'm putting a smile on my face, and nobody knows it. No, I'm not, I'm not depressed. But my point is, depression is hidden. And for all of Sasha's fans and all of Sasha's friends, and even relatives that are very close with her, they probably had no idea that she was down and depressed, and she probably couldn't release it. She let it bottled in, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And she just wanted to just walk away. But, you know, we also need to understand, if we're going to take Sasha Banks's mental health seriously, she needs to also take her own mental health seriously posting little cryptic bullshit on social media to make people wonder oh my god is she pregnant oh my god is she suicidal oh my god does she have this did she have a breakup this is and that she's got millions of fans that follow every little thing that she does and when you post cryptic shit like that and leave it and let people's imagination run wild, especially the youngest fans out there who are very naive to a lot of depression and this is and that. Right. 
she's hurting a lot of people as well. So if she wants that sympathy, if she wants that respect, and she wants people to, you know, handle this differently, you, you can't have it one way. She needs to also step up and stop with this, you know, this cryptic joke. You know, you know what I mean? Because look, no, no, you, yeah, okay. good, no, good. What? You're right, DT. In a way, it's a manipulation of your fans, fans, friends, and family who care about you. I think, um, listen, I had two friends who committed suicide. There's everybody knows about it. I lost a bunch of friends this year. One guy played the Facebook game with people, always saying he was going to do this and that, and then he eventually did kill himself. There was another guy that we had no idea that he was going through because he's a big joke, so everything was a ha-ha. Then he goes and does something, and it was a shock to everybody. Um, I think, again, if, if you, you can't have it both ways, you're right. I think to, to play your fans or your friends or your family with cryptic messages, it's a form of manipulation in a way. I mean, if you really need help, you can reach out for help. Some people don't know how to do it, or some people just get down for a little bit. They bounce back. Mm -hmm. I don't. We don't know Sasha Banks personally. We no. don't really know what her MO is. Uh, she's married. Her hus She said her husband was aware. We saw, the, we saw the documentary. Said her husband noticed all these things about her. He was a big help to her, mm -hmm. getting her back on her feet and you back in the game, so to speak. But I agree with you, DT. Making cryptic posts and you cry wolf so many times. That's what one of my friends did. People were like, "Oh, dude, this guy's at it again." You know, you know. I cryptic. Oh, I'm going to, you know, maybe in the next life I'll do this. What does that mean? What is he saying? So Sasha Banks would do the same thing. Is she quitting? Is she giving up on wrestling? Did she just say she's quitting the business? I remember DT. We went over a lot of our cryptic tweets yeah, over the last couple yeah, of years. I know. I, I just, so you're right. You can't have it both. So DT, is she playing around with that? Is she, is, are you saying, uh, no, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm saying that her tears are legit. She might right. be a little more fragile than other people out there. Because like I said, a lot of things today is considered bullying and this, this and that, where back in the day it was, you know, was not, you know, anywhere near that level. At the mm -hmm. same time, though, um, you know, she obviously had a lot of pain inside and kept it bottled in. And, you know, now because it's out there, all right, I think... Whatever cryptic manipulation that she's done in the past, she needs to obviously own up and say, look, I wasn't the most innocent person on social Correct. media as well. I, I, I agree with you. All right. Yeah. But, but this point forward, you know, you can't have it one way. And then when things backfire or, you know, you're because, you're, look, there are people who are very moody and very picky and yep. and very selfish. And Sasha Banks could have all of those traits just because she looks attractive and just because she might be a favorite wrestler doesn't give her carte blanche to do that stuff. I mean, there are a lot of people that have bad attitudes. Again, we don't know her personally, but she is opened up. And you could feel like she had this big release, which was great about her. And I hope nothing but the best for her. But she also needs to take some responsibility as well. And more importantly, you know, this things like this need to be addressed and resolved. The idea that you do not notify Mr. Satin and you don't fucking say a thing about it, and you let that article snowball and get cemented for six months, five months, whatever it is, and then on a network special because you don't like it and you're upset and you're crying that now all of a sudden it's untrue, 
that could have been eliminated a long time ago. And I don't buy this, whoa, I'm not going to dispel every fake rumor out there. No, man. But you know what? I don't care how much she may have told the husband, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. If I was her husband, I know if my girlfriend was suffering like that and she would could not perform the thing that she trained her whole life to do and absolutely loves with a passion, and my fucking wife is sitting at home almost acting like a vegetable because of some reporter writing some outrageous thing that pushed her over the edge, I don't give a yeah. shit what my wife says to me. Me, I'm going to step up and send a fucking private message to the guy at minimum and say, dude, listen, she's my wife. She doesn't know I'm sending this to you, but I'm telling you that story is false. And this really, really has affected her. She don't want to work. She's this, this, and that. You know, everybody at the end of the day are human beings. And you know what? I don't know Ryan Satin personally either. Uh And I usually don't criticize the the guy, and I don't compliment him either, but I will say this. I honestly believe, I honestly believe that if her husband would have contacted him privately or a close friend of his had said, look, the story is... 100% false, I'm telling you, and this really has affected her, I honestly believe he would have taken that story down. You're probably right. I mean, I don't know why he didn't, so I say again. Because he thought it was uh, true. He got that from people who work in WWE. He didn't get it from her. Obviously, he didn't see her having tantrums on the floor, but other people told him this. Now, the weird thing about it is he said today, in hindsight, he probably should have pulled the story because... I think other people were the ones that told him about her having the tantrums or whatever. Um, My answer would have been, uh, you know, I'm not saying to expose the people in WWE that actually told you this, but I'd be more concerned about people that are within WWE that are fellow employees of Sasha Banks who actually legitimized that story for Ryan Satin to publish. Right, right. So, you know, Ryan Satin is the one getting all of the heat right now, but Mm -hmm. there are people in WWE that told him this, and that was something that was completely missing about her pain and everybody else's, you know, anger online, their angst. What about the people in WWE? And why did they spread that? Think about that. Why would people within WWE spread something like that about Sasha? Could it be, and I'm look, I'm saying this, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Could it be that Sasha Banks is a bitch? And maybe some people, I'm not saying the Iconics in general, but maybe some people are going to feel like, wow, she doesn't get her way. She takes her bags and goes home and she complains and this and that. Maybe that's the impression that she gave a lot of people there because maybe that's what the deal was because she complained. I think a lot of people forget all the cryptic tweets that she's written and all the cryptic Instagram stuff that she's written when things didn't go her way. I mean, we didn't just wake up one day and then, you know what, let's, you know, we do create a wrestler in video games. Let's create a personality. Sasha Banks, when she doesn't get away and she's not on a winning streak, she doesn't have a title around her that, you know, that she, the job is not fun and this and that. I mean, we didn't just like dream this. I mean, it was built up for a very long time. Yeah. So, you know, she ain't no babe in the woods, completely innocent of this, but you realize that. She's in a lot of pain, and you don't say you deserve it. You don't say, you know, this, uh, you got to just respect it, hope hope that she could overcome this. Hopefully, it will help others, 
But she also needs to understand that getting a million hits on on Twitter and Facebook saying we love you and support you and be strong and this, this and that, and but on your end, it's back to the occasional cryptic thing and this, this and that, you know, then you reap what you sow. I agree with you. Listen, I watched the doc. I wasn't the biggest Sasha Banks fan. I, I've, you know, said things about her more than anybody. Uh, but I liked the documentary. I thought she came off a little bit better. I mean, look, she's a crier. She cries all the time at the drop of a hat. Everything goes back to when she was a little girl and she didn't have the, t- the, the greatest life growing up. We get it. Got it. A lot of people have a tough life growing up. A lot of people have a tough life listening to this show right now. I mean, but every, like you said, TT, you get through it, you deal with it. Um, but you know, you, you gotta be one way or the other, or you gotta be forthright from the beginning. Now, all these years later, oh, you know, maybe Sasha's been misunderstood this whole time. But then again, you say, nah, but this, this other thing kind of bothers me about her. She's a little bit of a mystery. Don't you think DT You can't really, can you really put your finger on what she is really? Honestly, unless I know someone personally, everybody's a mystery. Yeah, I guess everybody's a mystery. Everybody's a mystery because you don't know. Yeah, she's hard to figure out though. Like, because the joke, we all, all of us have joked, even you, like all of us about her not liking the fans and certain interactions. And there's been little videos of her, Sasha, Sasha. And she's like blowing them off, going into the hotel. And and listen, she can have a bad day. It could just be misunderstanding. Um, but that's always been the thing with her. Out of all the four horsewomen, she's been the unfriendly one. Now, like in the Beatles DT, you have the the smart one, the cute one, the whatever. And the four horsewomen, she was the unfan friendly one. But then you see with pictures of her little kids in the hospital doing the Make a Wish. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really see. She's a mystery to me. Yeah, I I, and you know what? I <laughs> I wish her well. And I mean that wholeheartedly. And, um, you know, I try to be completely real uh, with everything that I say. I'm not going to take one side simply because I like somebody or take another side simply because I dislike someone. Um, all well, I, can, I think, but DT, I think it's natural. If you like somebody, you want to get the, Oh yeah. You might root for them yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more. I mean, you know, I mean, there's people who I have rooted for and I still root for now that are extremely hated online. And, um, you know, people have nothing better to do than try to ruin their livelihoods. I mean, it's not just wrestling, it's, you know, other forms of, uh, entertainment and others, but, you know, the documentary was an eye-opener, um, and I wish it well. I wish it well. Uh, do you want to, does that segue into someone else who's having yeah, depression? Yeah, we could segue into Big Cass. Uh, yeah, um, get into that. Into Did you the, find out anything else, uh, anything well, that you want to reveal now? Or? I, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I got, I mean, you know. We all read the story, but anything that you know differently that yeah. broke today? We saw well, the Mike Johnson article. And I, I, I don't give a shit about Mike Johnson. Well, he was the one who broke it. I, I don't mean. give a shit about Mike Johnson. I, all I know is this. Um, I usually don't mention online much people who I'm friends with in wrestling. Uh, people that are Hall of Famers. I, I don't have a big black book with tons of people in wrestling that I could call up and say, hey, man, how's everything going? As a fan. But, you know, being online for 20-some-odd years, doing hotlines, working indie shows, you know, d- doing different things, you do make some friendships over the years. I'm not buddy-buddy with anyone. You know, I, I think, you know, when Johnny Candido, the brother of Chris Candido, God rest his soul, when Johnny Candido... asks me to be on the Chris Candido documentary to tell some of the stories 
of personal experiences I have with Chris that I've never said publicly that he knows about. That should give everybody an idea like, oh, this guy maybe really was friendly with this guy to the point. And I turned it down. And my reasoning was you got all these famous people on this documentary and then you got me and I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm a nobody. And I don't say that to put me down. I just felt out of place. And the you reason why think, you, you just didn't think you belonged on it. No, I didn't think I belonged. And I'm not saying any of this right now for any to be like, Oh my God, he's got friends. Oh, he thinks he's hot shit. No, it's the opposite. I have made a lot of friendships over the years and I have friends that still wrestle indies. I have friends who work shows with a lot of these people and I do PM people all the time. Hey man, what happened here? You know, what's going on? And the one thing that I take pride in that I have done since 1997 is trust. I mean, if somebody tells me something, I will keep it locked and never reveal it. And there are a lot of things that have been, you know, told to me. Even if you want to get lighthearted and talk about the Mr. Mystery stuff with the TNA stuff, I think people that are newer listeners have no idea the level of shit that was broken about TNA on these shows. And we never revealed who it was. And I, you know, I gave the person my word. Even when I did the bus trips for XPW, out of my own pocket, I refunded almost 200 people, you know, because I promised everyone that nobody would get screwed from XPW. I got screwed out of the money in the end, but I got my revenge. And, you know, it was worth every penny of what I did. My point is, is that, the one thing I take pride in more than anything is trust. And there are a lot of people who know that they could trust me with not saying something. I don't tweet fuck. I don't gush over people. I have people all the time. You've seen a few messages. Mish has seen a ton in them. And, um, you know, like people in wrestling that'll say, dude, love your shows, man. Uh, just don't mention my name publicly. I just don't, you know, it just, because it, it, it looks campy. I mean, some people have publicly got, you know, admitted publicly that they, they listen to the shows and like it. And the biggest compliment back in the day was when D'Lo Brown told me and Mass Maniac, he's like, oh my God, you know, Minority Report, the Blasi. I, I take all the podcasts to Japan and me and fucking Tenzai and all the others. We all sit there and fucking laugh our asses off. And I said to him right on Goodman Show, I still got the audio. I said, do you, do you think when I talk about ethnicities that I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I have malice or race? He's like, no, we all laugh at that stuff. Reason why I'm getting at is that, you know, I do have people that I could talk to and ask about certain things. And I asked about the Big Cass incident over the weekend. And what I will say is this, all right, you know, there's some people who claim, you know, medication. There are some people who claim alcohol. There's some people who are claiming a mixture of of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And what's sad about it is a lot of the same people that are doing this also were analyzing Chris Jericho and alcoholism when the AEW title was, was lost for a brief time. And the only thing I'll say is this, all right, um, Big Kaz, although there was the incident and he had the, the, the fight and he had, you know, the Joey Janela wrote a little bit publicly about it. The one thing people need to understand is that Big Kaz has been 
on a lot of indie shows over the last two years. Not a plethora of them, but he's been on quite a few. All right. And there have been a lot of indie shows where there have been zero incident recently. Zero incident. All right. There, there is some information that's out there as far as what led to the incident. Um, his out, you know, his, uh, you know, he snapped and the way he acted was just a very odd situation. It was almost like somebody who completely had a meltdown. But the point is, is that we don't know for sure how much of it was alcohol or how much of it was medication or how much of it was depression or how much of it, everybody suddenly is a psychiatrist and a doctor. The bottom line is that an incident did happen. Um, I laughed at all the websites that used the word evicted because obviously the original author didn't know that proper English would be he was ejected from the building. But you had one schmuck online that wrote that Big Kaz was evicted from the premises. No, tenants get evicted, not fucking pro wrestlers or fans. They don't get evicted. But I saw site after site after site, Big Kaz evicted, evicted, evicted. Those are the schmucks you got to ignore. All right. So the bottom line is, is that there's a lot that has not been made public. And from two people that I spoke to about the incident, they're hoping that Big Kaz could basically publicly offer an apology and let him be the one if he wants to make public as far as what went down. Uh, Other bookers and other promoters are looking in this incident, and if Big Kaz doesn't have damage control and nip this in the bud, he's going to lose a lot of bookings. But the only thing that I will say is, is that, number one, we don't have the story yet. But from what I understand, you know, people should not immediately think that they know that it's drugs or alcohol or a combination or he's fragile or he's a mental lunatic or this and that people do have meltdowns it's not i'm not justifying it what happened i worked a show on friday that i saw a guy have a meltdown and have a brawl right in front of my face at a show i work that happens all the time yeah i mean look honestly if if people out there take mental health as serious as they do you have to also pray for the people that you don't like or maybe you don't give a shit about. Because, you know, it, when you see people committing suicide or having these mass suicide, you know, killings, and you find out this person had mental health issues, this and that, and then everybody posts their fucking SJW or their fucking statement like, you know, mental health is an issue and we need to take it seriously. Well, you know what? Then show the example, and until you know exactly what happened, don't jump to conclusions. Don't think that you know every little detail as far as what happened in that incident, because we don't know completely what led to it, and we don't don't know. know. I mean, I heard from one person that this guy really wasn't on anything, you know, so... I heard heard something similar. That's what I was saying, DT, that... Cass hasn't said anything yet. How can we make a full assessment of the situation? We hasn't. We don't know what what he was on or wasn't on or what set him off. Let him. Let Let's hear from the motherfucker first. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, you know, God I bless. think that's that, isn't that fair. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, God bless you, chat. Oh, evicted also means remove. No fucking shit. I evicted a tenant. I removed them from my house. All right, but no, you you don't you don't use e- Chad. You, you Chad. don't chat. You don't use Chad. evicted for fucking throwing a wrestler out of an event or a fan. You use ejected. But because a lot of these people don't fucking... uh, Look at social media and look at these fucking reporters online. You know, you look at the wording that they use in the grammatical skills. Are are they reporters? Maybe that's the problem. Oh, my God. Stop making excuses for them. They don't use the right fucking words. Terminology. You know, they yeah. it's almost like they have to Google, you know, oh, what's a fancy word that I could put? Oh, evicted. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm going to run that by security next time. I'm like, are we going to evict this guy or what? Yeah. So I throw him, the, throw him the fuck out. Yeah. That's the way to talk. But DT, um, with it, I agree with you. what you just said before with Sasha. If you let the story go too long, it's going to cause Kaz in the long run. So you think a statement should be uh, impending this week? Kaz should listen should do take a lesson from Sasha. Cash should look now, you know, get out in front of get out in front of it. Right. But we also need to understand this. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to throw shade on Sasha or Big Cash or anything else. But their view of a situation is always going to put sympathy on themselves. They're not gonna, you know, bash themselves and they're not gonna turn heel on themselves. So Sasha's gonna be a little bit more sympathetic about her pain than someone else. Just like Big Kaz, when he he explains it, he is going to be light and be easy on himself because he's talking about himself. Well, so, I don't know. Well, DT, can we back that up a little bit? Back in June, you saw it too when he put out that public service announcement. He was pretty hard on himself. He even said the WWE should have fired him. He deserved to be fired. Yeah, but that was more of like an interview. Like, hey, I, I wasn't mature enough and I deserve to be fired. What happened over the weekend was more of, you know, an issue with him. You know, not just, oh, you know, hey, I, I was uh, I was not easy to deal with in WWE and I deserve to be fired. Uh, what happened over the weekend is not like, like grounds for removal. It's arguably grounds for arrest. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, he could have had a bad night. I dealt with someone who was in a band who acted like a fucking maniac on Friday. I couldn't even believe it. He called and apologized to everybody today. He just, he wasn't feeling, he broke up with his girlfriend. He was having a hard time. There's always something going on. Everyone's got shit going on. Everybody listening to the show has some tale to tell. But that's what I mean. Could it just be... He just was having a fucking bad night, and Janela got something with Enzo, maybe. I guess we'll find out. Uh, the one thing we can agree, DT, is this has nothing to do with fucking wrestling. This is real-life shit. Yeah, this you know, is real-life stuff. It's not an angle. Yeah, this no, is all real-life stuff. And he wasn't. we know he wasn't arrested. Uh, some people say he was taken a local, to a local hospital. We don't know if he was admitted or anything like that. I tried to – I looked for all sorts of updates, but everyone has pretty much the same story. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, um, at this point, Big Kaz has to be the one to fill in some of the blanks. And uh, I don't think it's Joey Janela's, uh, you know, responsibility or anyone else. Uh, there was a lot of people that saw it. Um, and uh, Well, a lot of it. And uh, I think Big Kaz, I, I think he will probably say something publicly. Um, you know, just taking a little hiatus is not, you know, enough. When Sasha Banks talked about a depression, how much did she talk about seeing doctors and everything? She didn't talk much about it. She talked about, oh, she talked about seeing a therapist. Right. That's what she talked about, yeah. What's that? You know yeah, what I mean? That's what a lot of people do. Yeah. You know, when I got divorced, 
I fucking saw a psychologist. Did it, I, help you? Did it help you? No, it didn't. After about three weeks, I gave up on it, and I realized that, you know, it was probably the best decision I ever made. And, you know, I, I talked on Breakfast Soup, you know, the night that I realized that I made an awesome decision by getting rid of this fucking cunt. But the thing is, is that, you know, you hear about how serious this was and this and that, but yet when it comes to the particulars, you know, like what professional help did you get? Oh, I saw a therapist. I don't know if people understand how loosely the term therapist is. You know what I mean? So, you know, I try to, you know, mental health is serious. But when you, you downplay it where, you know, you're so detailed and so specific and so emotional about things that happen to you that you don't like. But then when it comes to, okay, what did you do about it? And you really keep it vague. It makes you wonder how much of this really did upset her, you know, because for all you know, she, because of past history, she wanted to take a ball and go home, but she didn't like and couldn't handle the, the backlash from it. And it really affected her. Look, I'm not trying to compare her to, to podcasters, but I'll bring up a name from the past, Joey 924. You know, okay. and I, I did a hotline with him for many years and we did the, the minority so report. I, yeah, we did yeah. the minority report. For people that don't know, back in the day, Joey 924 was permanently disabled. He's in a wheelchair. He yeah. uh, can't walk at all. And when times were good, he was my guest in XPW. I actually got him to meet all the wrestlers. He was hanging oh, out right. with you guys, Candido. You guys each other in real life. Yeah, and um, he had a great time. And he was a decent guy. But the thing I fucking despised about him is that when he got really wise-ass towards me or would, you know, cross that line that you're really not supposed to, and I would latch back, the first words out of his mouth is, how can you say that about a cripple? I can't believe you're saying that to me. You know, when I used to play the Sopranos theme, uh, he would fucking play the, the words of the music to make it sound like that I was actually going to get a gun and blow him away. I mean, this guy gave it, but then he hid behind his disability when you tried to give it back. And I and that pisses me off. And there's people that really love giving it, but when they get it back, they can't handle it. And I'm not saying that that's the case with Sasha Banks or anything like that. But, you know, that's why I say you it's, it's a two-way street. And, you know, this is a beginning for her. And for Big Kaz... You know, just coming out there and apologizing and just saying, look, you know, I got to take some time off and, you know, get some help and this and that, you know, that's all nice. But Mass Maniac, if anybody still talks to him, he'll tell you. Can't tell you how many times Axel Rotten, God rest his soul, one of the nicest guys I ever met in wrestling. That guy, you know, did hotlines and episodes with Maniac and, and me yeah. at least eight times. And I could tell you at least five of those times he proclaimed on the podcast or the hotline that he was clean, no more drugs. And then two days later, you realize that he was saying that to try to keep this, you know, this aura about him publicly that I've gotten up just incredible very recently, you know, professed everybody that he was clean in this and that. And then he had the incident. And, you know, some people thought about Joni Lara, China. You know, mm -hmm. before she passed, she went online and insisted everyone, I'm, I'm clean, I'm fighting, I'm this, I'm that, and this. And it's this perception that you have overcome. 
But in private life, you don't know if the person overcame. Um, no. And that's what we got to worry. I, I worry more about Big Kaz than mm-hmm. Sasha Banks. Oh, no. Sasha's in a lot better state and better people around her. You know what I mean? She's, she's kind of protected in a way. You think about it, DT. Yeah. She's, she's in the company. She's one of the top stars. Her husband works there. She's, she'll, she'll be okay. Cass, I don't, again, we don't know him. What I do know, I know he went to Malloy with my friend. A lot of my friends went to Malloy. You know Malloy, DT. Sure. Um, you know, uh, he's Queens, Queens guy, you know, so right there, I like him. Um, time I, I at hope, uh, Chris Canyon, God rest his soul. Yeah, Chris Canyon. Um, I, again, you're right. He's in a, he's in a, in a, in a worse state, so to speak, but we don't even really know because we don't know what kind of his family says or, you know, we know he's not married or anything like that, but I'm sure he's got a family that cares about him and everything. I don't even really know what his relationship is like with Enzo. I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, who knows? Well, we can only wish but him we, the best. We, yeah, we wish him well. We, we yeah. wish him well. Hope he, you're right, DT. You should get out in front of the story, say what it is, get it out there, then get in, get out. You know what I mean? Don't do a big Q&A with everybody, a big interview junket. Just make me release a statement and... uh Everyone, everyone will be rooting for him, DT. I don't see too many people even hating on him. If anything, I think you're right, DT. Everyone's like making, uh, you know, becoming doctors and psychologists, but we don't yeah. even know really what's the underlying issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, wish him well. That's yeah, all. Absolutely. Um, I want to get in some Patreon related stuff. First off, the predictions contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to get some time tonight to calculate everybody's scores. I got to give mad props to RD. RD's been a patron for a very long time oh, yeah, and has yeah. participated in a lot of contests and has lost them all. Uh, out of 75 points this weekend, he scored 74. Oh, and, good he, for him. and the only match that he got wrong was he predicted Becky to retain her belt. And technically she did, but Sasha won the match. Otherwise, he would have been perfect. Bonus questions at all. The runner up was Jamie Vaquera. Uh, Vaquera, Vaquera, I think it is. He, uh, Jamie scored 72 out of 75 points. And the only question that Jamie got wrong was the bonus question if the 24-7 title would be defended uh, at the pay-per-view. And technically, the answer was that it was defended because for that one-two count, Alexa Bliss tried to win the hardcore, well, the 24-7 title. So technically, that was... Uh, a match, albeit just for a brief second. So Jamie gets the runner-up prize, and RD gets his choice of anything on the prize wall. So congrats. Yeah, congrats, guys. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to our new and returning patrons, Matt Buller, Dave Padilla, Wright Honorable, Martin Miller, David Torrance, or Torrance, Say hello to Mrs. Torrance, David. Say hello to Mrs. Torrance. You know what I'm talking about, right? What is that? Refresh my memory. This is Torrance Red Rum. Red oh God, The Shining. Remember her name? Yes, I yes, thought, yes. whenever I hear the last name Torrance, oh, I think of The Shining. Mrs. Oh, Torrance. Ro- Robert Lowry, Blake Evans, Mitchell Davies, and Kenneth Hewlett. And my apologies, Whisperer Rob. It is not Bob. Last week I said, "Thank you, Whisperer Bob." It's Rob. So my apologies. Rob. Shout out to our associate producers, Tygsy Bauer, Seth Washington, the Metaphor Isaac Fox, Whisperer Bob. Uh, no, no, Whisperer Rob. What am I saying? I almost fucked it up again. G-Unit, Jay Gambino. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Yeah, Neil McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Kane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, 
Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, John, keep killing it at Second City, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, Stan the Man Loudon, Don Tony's political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jay Smoothie, and Tom Baffa. Uh, later on, I'll give everybody some info regarding John Krauser and his magic performances that he's doing in Second City right now. If you live in the Chicago area, uh, the next three Fridays, I might as well give it now, the next three Fridays, he will be forming, be performing there at 7.30 p.m., I actually asked my girl if she wanted to possibly hit Chicago for one day and fly right back Delta, you know, to mm -hmm. see one of his performances just to show support. Um, nice. You know, so we're trying to go for the 27th. So if anybody out there lives around Chicago, bitch, and uh, wants to meet up at Second City and see John Krauser's magic act, and trust me, Second City famous look at all comedians that made their break there and he's SNL is, yeah and he's performing Friday night primetime 7 30 p.m and that's big so uh come join me if I possibly I'm trying my hardest I just I'm trying to figure out what customers I have to you know handle that weekend so it's not definite but I'm trying so, uh, yeah, it's only $13 to get in. I think $11 oh, with college ID. So you're not even wow. breaking the bank. And uh, it's the magic show. So, you, so if you're ugly or fat or you look deformed, <laughs> you don't have to worry about John, you know, throwing shade on you or joking about you. That's I talked about it today on Blah, Blah, Blah. That was the one thing I was petrified when I sat front row at Andrew Dice Clay in 1990. I was mm -hmm. petrified that he was going to, you know, start making fun of me and my friend Joey. And then once we got there, we realized that the only people he was going to rag on is the guys who were fucking with, like, hot chicks, Sitting front row, a second row, like he, we didn't even get homosexual jokes thrown our way. Um, but that's why I always stood away from comedy clubs. Always afraid that somebody would make fun of me. I will never. I'm. I'm fucking. Will never get over what happened to me at the the feast in Bent in uh, in um, uh, what what's uh, in Little Italy. You know the oh, 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 oh San Gennaro San Gennaro feast. Yeah, did, yeah. did I ever tell you the story? What happened to me? No, tell me about it. Well, to refresh my memory, I mean, me and you talked about it so much. You might have known this. I went to the San Gennaro Feast. I think it was... How old were you? I, I was 1988 or 89. You know, it was right, you know, maybe like 19, 20. And this, before you were in the, this was before you went in the Navy? This was shortly after. When you yeah, got home. This was shortly after. Okay. No, actually, you know what? You're right. It is before because I lost weight when I came back from the Navy. So it was right before I went into the Navy. So this is like Almost 80, 30 years ago. Yeah, 87, 88. Okay. And, and I went to San Gennaro and me and my friends went and we all had dates. And I don't even remember who the girl I was with that time. And, you know, when you go to San Gennaro Feast is, you know, a teenager... You know, you play the claw games, you try to win the fucking oh, yeah. stuffed animals and stuff. You might get Zeppelis and you hang out. I mean, back then we used to have boom boxes as well. So I remember walking through San Gennaro Feast and I remember this clown that was in his dunk tank. And as I'm walking by, I hear this clown go, Look at this greasy fat fuck over there. You know, look at this greasy fat fuck. Everybody, look at this grease. And, and I looked in the corner of my eye and I said to myself, oh, please don't be talking about me. Please don't be talking about me. I'm with this fucking chick. Please don't be talking. And he was talking about me. And what he was trying to do 
was he was trying to get me so pissed off that I would pay five bucks for like three softballs right. and try to dunk them in the tank. But I fucking kept walking, and he's like, yeah, and they cursed. I swear on my mother, they cursed up a storm. They, they wasn't PG. This guy called me a fat fuck, and he was making fun of me, and I was with this girl, and I felt so tiny, so small emotionally. And the sad thing about it is I'm convinced to this day that the girl knew that he was ragging on me because when, when, when something like that happens, you know, if you, you're with your significant other, you know, whether you're, you know, girl, guy, whatever, you know, usually you would, if the person says, he talking about you, you know, like, but when the person purposely doesn't say anything and is completely silent about it, you know that they knew they were talking about you, but they just don't know how to bring it up to you. So when we walked by, I was kind of hoping that she would have said, was he talking about you? And I would have been like, no, did you see that guy? Oh, he was talking about him. But she was silent and she said nothing. And we walked by and I said, oh my God, uh, could you imagine how I look in this girl's eyes right now? I know I didn't get laid. I know I, I, I don't even well, remember- there wasn't a side to you. You're a Queens guy. You grew up in New York. You're a big guy. There wasn't a side to you like I'm going to stomp this motherfucker out. Because I would have felt like, you know, oh. someone doing that is kind of, you know, is kind of, you're really kind of risking it because you don't know how someone's going to react to it. Yeah, that. I mean. Embarrassing somebody in front of their girl. That's that's risky behavior. You know, I honestly, I didn't have that happen to me all that much. I mean, the two times that were the worst was that and Papagallo. When that girl made fun of me when I was dancing, I've never danced ever again. I've danced slow dances. I have never danced ever. I feel again. bad. I feel. I feel bad for you now. Oh, I don't Sorry. care. I don't care. I mean, we, we no, no, no. I'm saying I, I feel bad to hear something like that. But I, there's a side, like I said, there's a side of me that would be like, you know, I'm yeah, no. I honestly, I didn't. I, I trust me. If I, I know I wasn't angry. I was embarrassed, and I was trying to no-sell it like he wasn't talking about me. If I would have gotten angry, then obviously, if there was you any... You drew attention to yourself. Yeah, and if there was any idea that she didn't know he was talking about me, if I would have shown I was angry, then she would immediately realize he was talking about me. It's very embarrassing. Look, that's why I said, you know, a lot of people that used to use the F word when they were yeah. younger... It wasn't that they, and I brought this up before, it doesn't justify it, but, you know, I knew a lot of people, and me, I admittedly said it when I was younger also, you know, you would call other guys the F word. It's not that you dislike gays in any way. One of my best friends growing up was gay, and I, you know, I have no problem with it. But it, the, the mentality was, I lived in Queens, New York, I hung out in Howard Beach. I hung out in Brooklyn. And I was surrounded by Jersey Shore wannabes. So yeah. how do you anger a Jersey Shore reject? I mean, we look, anybody that sees that infamous photo of me online, that's from fucking 1990. And look at me with the fucking wife beater shirt on and the, and the jewelry and the paste back hair and the two-tone jeans and the white decks. We were Jersey Shore too. I was guilty of the things I hated. But the thing is, is that how do you give the ultimate insult? To you question, you embarrass their manhood. You embarrass their sexuality, their manhood. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you knew that a guy was a heterosexual male... And you All called right. them an F. Go ahead, F. Go ahead. I dare you. Come yeah, on. Come uh, on. Punch me in the it. face. You're nothing but a... And 
that fucking was the ultimate insult, especially if you did it in front of girls. My oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's the ultimate. And that's the thing. Look, I would never use the word again. It's not in what, my vocabulary. Even DT, what, DT, you know what, what, what word today in modern day replaced the F word? Bitch. Uh, I don't think so. I call people. Dude, dude, back, no, dude, back in the day in the 80s, you remember go, calling a guy, yeah, bitch. We didn't talk like that. We used the F word. We didn't oh, use Oh, sure. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I mean, yeah. you know, oh, come on, bitch. Yeah. You're nothing but yeah. a bitch. I, I, you know, yeah. I that's, that, that's more modern than 30 years ago. But I ago. looked at it more as like a female dog, not necessarily someone gay. Right. I never would call that to a guy. No, actually, you know, I 80s. take that back. When we called guys bitches, we were more talking about them being feminine. You know, somebody right, that's gay, right, right. a gay man is not necessarily feminine. So right. you were just basically, you know, taking away that person's sexuality towards women. That you know that, that you could be a woman and other women attracted to you. So calling someone the f word and calling somebody a bitch, it 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 had sort of different meanings behind it, but it was still the intended target was to piss off the person big time. Well, the other word was, and I'll, I'll give Shezzy credit. This word was thrown around a lot. People would call you a homo. When oh, you sure, were, when sure. You were, when you were, that in the eighties was oh, yeah. big to, to, to rouse your friend on the playground and call you a homo. Yeah, that was that was big time. Didn't didn't you CM know? Punk use the term homo when he made fun of that fan at a house show? He's a homo. I think. I did. think so. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he did. I think yeah. he did. I think he oh, did. Man. You know, and the funny thing is, a lot of people back in the day thought homo was a safe word. Like, I can't say F word, but homo's yeah. all right. Homo's yep. not as bad. To me, they're all bad now. You know, I, I I, just, I, I use matarats. I swear to fucking God, I have called people matarats. Guy cut me off, not intentionally. Get to the red light. The fuck is wrong with you? You almost caused an accident, stupid matarats. And what did you call me? I called you a fucking matarats. What are you going to do about it? And then my girlfriend's like, honey, you said you weren't going to fucking have road rage no more. And then I just drive oh, away. God. Jesus I don't even know how we got on all this. Every yeah, I know, I know. We get back. And I think people are saying, "Talk about raw." Well, yeah, we could. Yeah. We well, we're gonna wrap up the show momentarily with a little bit more raw talk and everything. But let me shout out a couple of more of our associate producers: Nickel oh. Time, Michael Rhino, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Al Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Kloss, Out Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Grusom, Mark Israel, Bob O'Mac, C.J. Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Courtney Summers, Switch Babe. Uh, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murrow Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trailer, Tommy Pikeshi, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumna, Rich Mahark, Julian LeBlanc, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, Big Red Brandon Rice, Rob McCabe, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. Thank you for the support, guys, gals. Yes, Everyone out there, they are our associate producers. They, along with our other patrons, are the reason why the show is still free. And uh, if you want to join our patron, just in time for tomorrow's Breakfast Soup Live, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Little is two bucks. You help us with expenses. And if we're lucky, we might be able to buy some coffee as well. Uh, but uh, listen, just to let everybody know, reminder, this Wednesday, NXT is live on the USA Network. Right. I expect the rating to be low because for some reason, we didn't have Triple H come out on Raw. Instead, we have to get fucking a Dana Brooke fight. Why? I have yeah. no idea. Uh, I would have thought Triple H would have came out to plug NXT on the USA Network live. You would have thought 
USA Network would have wanted a nice little rub. I'm sorry, Michael yeah. Cole and Corey Graves talking about it in passing was not enough for me. Uh, Velveteen Dream will be taking on Roderick Strong, which is going to be a great match. And WWE Smart, they're going to get people used to having NXT on Wednesdays. This way, when AEW debuts in a couple of weeks, oh, oh NXT's already on TV. So by All then, right. fans will be used to seeing NXT on USA. Um, so don't be surprised if someone makes an appearance on NXT that you are not expecting. That's all I'm going to say. I was told something today. I don't know if it's legit. I'm not going to bring it out there and be wrong, but uh, you should start seeing the um, AEW effect on NXT as early as this Wednesday. Okay, well, I was going to bring something up as a news item, but oh yeah, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Well, they're talking about that Kevin Owens is going to be going down to NXT. Yeah, well, we we mentioned that yesterday that maybe Kevin Owens on NXT. You know, why not? That would be awesome. Yeah, but we uh, we were summing up the pay per view. Um, Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, they're gonna. We talked about they're gonna have to have established stars. They have to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Look, it's not against Gargano or Cole or anybody else. We're talking about Adam, not Michael. Uh, <laughs> but you need casual WWE fans. You know, familiar names. Yeah, you got to put familiar names. Um, I definitely expect Cesaro to appear again. I expect AJ Styles to make a cameo. Uh, maybe Daniel Bryan goes there for a little while. Who knows? But at the end of the day, the paycheck says World Wrestling Entertainment on it. So who gives a fuck if you're doing an NXT show or Raw or SmackDown? You're getting your same pay. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that is all that matters, really. You think about it. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, man. Some people are like AJ Styles. Are you kidding me? You wouldn't want to see AJ Styles versus Adam Cole, or maybe Jardy Gargano, or maybe having uh, the OC versus uh, three NXT guys. Hell yeah, man. I want NXT to be part of Survivor Series this year. Um, DT. Yeah. Uh, you saw the story, despite what's going on with Ric Flair. Yeah. He's scheduled to make some WWE appearances, isn't he? I think as early as tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is he, he's going to be. I mean, they, I, he's supposed to be on. Would you be surprised if he was all of a sudden not on, DT? Um, you know what? WWE did not mention that he was going to be on SmackDown tomorrow. So if he doesn't appear, I take it more like uh, maybe he was never scheduled to appear on SmackDown. I did see that some, you know, people were going to, you know, be reporting this. But, you know, look, WWE made a big deal about Undertaker. WWE made a big deal about Steve Austin. If Ric Flair is going to appear, why wouldn't WWE plug it tonight? Uh, Maybe by now it's on their website. I have no idea. But, you know, if WWE's not going to plug it, I kind of will refrain from, you know, believing that that's the case. It could very well happen. I interpreted it like this. Um, It was websites that tried to portray that Ric Flair was public enemy number one with WWE. All right. Uh, And that necessarily um, is not the case. Now, maybe WWE agreed to use Ric Flair a little more. And in exchange, you know, this idea about the man copyright or trademark is going to, you know, go away. That could be possible too. you know, throwing Ric Flair a bone. 
I just wonder if Ric Flair, and this is no disrespect against him, but I wonder if Ric Flair has looked in the mirror recently and maybe record himself walking a half a block or walking to get, you know, to get the newspaper and realizing that he is a shell of what he was even five years ago. Um, The attack with Batista with that storyline, you didn't see him get laid out by Batista. You know, you fucking saw him laying on the floor already. You know, I mean, he, he can't get involved like he used to. So his value other than name is not a, is not anywhere near its worth. And I think Ric Flair needs to realize that now yesterday on Clash of Champions, Ric Flair's name was mentioned a couple of times. Right. So if he was so taboo with WWE, I don't think they would have kept mentioning him. Two-time Hall of Famer, Ric Flair. Two-time Hall of Famer. They did it at least two or three times last night. So I don't that's, think... That's right. You're right. I, you're, actually, you're right. I realize that. You're right. DJ. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is websites... Look, I'll give you a great example. Mm-hmm. Um... When Sasha Banks attacked Natty a couple of weeks ago, um, right. Na- Sasha Banks made a comment, something like, you know, uh, say hello to your father in hell or so- something like that. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. websites reported that Natty gave Sasha Banks permission to say that. All right. It wasn't true. Natty came out and said, totally false story. Um. Now, look, in pro wrestling, you know, you say outrageous things to get yourself over. And, you know, we don't know the details of that. But what that was, was, oh, my God, you know, Natty, you know, how could like Sasha Banks say that to Natty? Oh, Sasha must have had permission. So what do they do? Oh, well, if this is two and this is two, well, then that means that two plus two equals four. So I'll report four. But meanwhile, you really don't, you they're just assumptions. A lot of shit you read is assumptions. Luke Harper hasn't been used. What happens? Not even 48 hours before Clash of Champions. All these big time reports, WWE has zero interest in bringing Luke Harper back to TV. <laughs> it's assumption, oh, man. man. A lot of what you read is assumption, guesses. I mean, we read last week, WWE has no interest in bringing back Rusev. They're going to let him live out his contract. Yeah, and uh, here he is tonight. And here he is tonight. And look, we knew that he had the mustache. He posted photos online. And we knew that he got himself in better shape. But my God, this is like almost like Lex Luger narcissist physique now. I love the fucking way he looks. Not because people said he, he looks like Don Tony. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think it's the opposite, but... I think his look is great. I think he fucking yeah. looks outstanding. Um, the goofy, lighthearted Rusev day, I think, may be uh, on the back burner. I think this might be the crush, crush. You know. Yeah, he looked. No, he looked fantastic. Well, they're saying Ric Flair was all supposed to have a Q and A for Cricket Wireless uh, with Charlotte tomorrow. Oh, so, so that's I, possible. I, I, We'll see what's going. See what's going to happen. I don't think there's as much dissension as people believe. I I really maybe maybe an under the table deal has been made already. Possibly, possibly. But um, look, I I don't know if Ric Flair will be here in five years. Um, Yeah, you know, we 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 hope that he is, but he may not even be around in five weeks. You got to cherish the time he has left. You have to appreciate him. 
But at the same time, though, that doesn't give Ric Flair carte blanche to fucking try to sue everybody for every little thing. If Ric right. Flair starts, you know, fucking around with WWE and trying to go sue happy, WWE will say, look, remember what we said last week with Goodfellas? You know, here, now I got to turn my back on you. No, I agree with you. And DT, since we do bring up, uh, you know, deaths of famous people, pop culture icons on this show, back-to-back deaths. Yeah. Uh, would you, were you a fan of uh, Eddie Money and uh, the Cars? You know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I never owned any Eddie Money music. Um, you know the songs? Uh, of course. I, I've heard oh. them a million times because of dentist yeah. offices and supermarkets. And, yeah. you know, I play Sirius XM 70s in my office because everybody loves that channel. Yeah. And, you know, I a lot of Eddie Money. Um, I did own albums of the Cars in the past. Great I band. I was yeah, a big band. fan of the Cars in the 80s. Me too. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, people got to go at some point. You know, you get sad when people are gone, but, you know, on the flip side of it, you know, we, you know, looking to go to an Eddie Money or Cars concert anytime soon, you know, the music will always be there and we'll always enjoy it. You know, you get a little annoyed where, you know, you hear Eddie Money's song, you know, after 30, 40 years, you know, five times a week. But, you know, it's, look, they live good lives and I'm they glad did. there's no controversy behind their lives. You know, they they were uh, easy listening, you know, likable, no controversy, and they left this earth the same way. That's true. Very non-controversial. And Rick Ocasek really married upscale. What was it uh, Paulina Poroskova? Was it? His, I his, think his, so. His wife, what was that? Was that his famous model wife? I think that's who it is. I think she so. just she she just left them last year after 35 years. She yeah. just left them last year, and a lot of people say he stopped taking care of himself. He was depressed when Paulina left, and he was found he had uh, heart disease the whole time and didn't even know it. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. It is yeah. too bad. Um, couple of quick things for you, Tamina Snooker fans out there. She is back in action. She has recovered from the concussion. Oh, uh, Mitch will be happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Vicky Guerrero is launching her own podcast. Uh, I don't know when it's actually going to debut, but uh, it is called, I think, excuse me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Oh, really? Oh, okay, that's that's coming out soon? Yeah, she's going to be launching it very, very shortly. And I also heard Francine is going to be launching her own podcast, was- too. I was just going to say, yeah, it's called Eyes Up Here, the Queen's Extreme Podcast. She's collaborating with those guys from uh, the two-man power trip of oh, wrestling. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, those, yeah, those guys were in the uh, uh, rankings with us in the Rolling Stone thing years oh, ago. okay. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had the, the privilege of uh, getting to know Francine, and I'll never forget her giving that outfit to one of my old hotline listeners who- I like her. Had, I think I like cancer. her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of regret- you know, not going to Atlantic City and gambling with her. I always wanted to just fucking beat her ass at, uh, you know, poker or, you know, Texas Hold'em or something. But she's a wonderful, wonderful girl. Yeah, I, I like her a lot. Yeah, yeah cool. she, she um, you know, was was very good people. Very. I have some photos of her I've never made public. I mean, nothing, you know, sexual. It was at no. the Chilla convention and uh, some really cool photos that she took from there. I just, I never put them online because, you know, I look at them and I'm embarrassed because, you know, unfortunately you can't Photoshop away that much fucking Brillo Ped chip. Brillo pad chest hair. I had crazy. Oh. <laughs> amount. My God, I, 
you know, you, 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 not her. You. No, me, me. If you <laughs> if you go back to seventies porn and the women who had these gigantic hairy bushes, if you multiply that by twenty, that's what my chest looked like. My oh, chest okay. looked like twenty hairy bushes all glued together, and I looked like a fucking like a rotten cheetah chia pet. There's oh one photo God. of me and Daphne online somewhere from that convention, but the others were even worse because. I, I know it wasn't to try to look cool or anything, but one extra button was open on my shirt and fucking chest hair everywhere. Oh, could not funny. Photoshop it. You know, could not do it. So uh, we were talking yesterday about Miz and Mrs., the, mm -hmm. his reality show. WWE's going to be adding the uh, season one this week on the network. Oh, okay. So there's your opportunity to go check it out. I think, uh, again, you'd be pleasantly surprised on how easygoing this show is and i'm not a fan of reality shows but yeah. i can tolerate that out. one yeah I'll, I'll, I'll check it out i, I never we'll gave it a fair shot so i'll check it out dt real quick what'd you think about uh i think kane looked tonight kane looked pretty good for a guy sitting in an office now and uh yeah uh, yeah he came off good that was a nice that was a nice surprise i didn't ex did you expect kane to actually come out as kane tonight dt no no yeah, I, mean, I, I mean i didn't even realize that they were going to be in in i think knoxville it is but i knox, it, knox county yeah. knox county i didn't even realize they were going to be there tonight if i would have known that before today i would have said oh you think there's a chance we'll have kane you know choked out by the fiend or something else it was cool to see him and i i got a kick out of when he won the 24 7 title and he's yeah. going i still got it i that yeah. you know light hearted kane my i always say it as weird as it sounds, my favorite moment of all time with Kane was uh -huh. at WWF New York when he bashed his fist through the fucking crane machine to give that little kid the toys. That was great. Yeah, I remember that. My favorite came up. And my second favorite came moment, the backstage promo with him, The Rock, and Hulk Hogan. And, you know, talking about the mil the, th the thousands of Canaanites. Yes. What yes. you gonna do? Dude! And he's doing the Hogan and Pro that, That's my second favorite. That was great. Actually, makes me want to go watch it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. If everybody, if anybody out there never saw either one of those clips, not only will you watch it tonight, but you will uh, watch it on blast. You will binge it. You will watch it yeah. over and over and over again. My two favorite moments of all time. Go figure. Of, of Kane's illustrious career, my two yeah, co comedy spots. Yeah, two comedy spots and almost twenty years ago. That's great. Everyone, check out Texas Podcast Massacre. Great podcast, focuses on horror films and, you know, pop culture films of yesteryear. Shoot the Defense, great podcast, uh, focused on soccer, football for those overseas. Uh, by soccer fans, for soccer fans. He, Stell's got a patron as well, a lot of exclusive footage and interviews there. You catch him on Twitter, at Shoot the Defense. DJ Dell's Sneaker Addict. Great podcast, great guy, um, just really good people. And Absolutely. you know, a lot of you out there that have uh, checked out his shows now understand why we always put him over. He reviews a lot of sneakers, but he also does a lot of wrestling-related podcasts as well. Uh, yeah. On eBay, you can check out Raul Romo. He sells a lot of wrestling cards, um, individual cards. If anybody's making sets, uh, sometimes he's got some real rarities there. You can check out his store. Uh, Your Best Bargains LLC is also on eBay, and he has an Amazon store. Uh, I'll be be honest with you, Mike. I went on Amazon, and the only thing that I was close to buying was those storage containers. You got to, you know, increase some of the inventory. 
inventory <coughs> a little light right now, but Mike is good people as well. Yeah, he is good people. Yeah, Christ in the Toyverse, Bob O'Mac. You can check him out, guy. Undercover Capes. Yeah, great podcast. He does a lot of collectibles. I always say this, man. Everything that we plug, they all offer something completely different to the table. Completely yeah. different. And you're missing some real gems out there. You will fucking fall in love with a lot of these shows. Um, Elmanshaw is a great display store. There's a lot of artwork a lot of pop culture uh, stuff. And when I start doing video and some people see the formation of my little man cave, you'll see some of his artwork on display. SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling, comic book, pop culture, collectible needs. Uh, we also have um, Isaac Fox. He has a website now. He is a, a, a really good writer. And he has a little business, and it's been around, you know, for a cup of coffee. He writes custom poetry. Um, so for all of you nice. out there, you want to give your mom a card, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. You had a fight with someone, and you want to give them something, but, you know, very creative, custom, that you could claim that you wrote yourself, and maybe you'll get laid over it. You nice. know, not by mom, but, you know, with the significant <laughs> You got to check out his website. I mean, he, he, he doesn't try to break the bank. Very, very, you know, small amount of money. And he will do custom poetry for any occasion. And um, I'm actually going to have him write something up for me. Uh, I won't reveal yet why, but I'm having him write something up for me. Uh, Rocked Reviews has a podcast as well. Um, they review a lot of albums from Yesti and mostly in the rock music scene and a lot of albums that you look back on and you wonder how they, you know, became famous as, you know, and sold as many albums as they did. Cool. And that's pretty much it. Um, to let everybody know, uh, there's going to be a little bit of tweaking with the Patreon shows. Nothing bad. But first off, you know, we need to remind everyone that SmackDown is moving to Friday. So because SmackDown is moving to Friday, uh, having a live Tuesday show would be a little ridiculous right now because there's no wrestling show on TV to lead into the podcast. So uh, the Tuesday show that's done right now, that will be moving to Fridays. Um, the schedule will be a little bit different as well because, you know, you work sometimes on Fridays. Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah. I, I got I to work. I got work show on the 4th. That's why you're going to be doing yeah, uh, yeah. thing on your own, the review of the first show I wouldn't even be here for. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have personal <clears throat> lives as well, but, you know, there will be a live show on Fridays. Um, we'll do like a we'll we'll do a rotation. Uh, we'll, yeah, it'll be a rotation. Because um, I don't work, I don't work every Friday. So yeah, exactly. Right. Um, we'll we'll figure out everybody's schedule. Yeah, also, we'll another out. thing, starting tomorrow with Breakfast Soup Live, the Tuesday show, we're not doing questions in advance, because what we noticed happening is you know especially Tuesday and Wednesday is back to back mission myself with Breakfast Soup Live and Breakfast Soup. The one right. thing that we've been able to do up until this point is have each show completely different in content. They're two totally different shows. The content is different. The discussions are different. And it's really a lot of fun having those shows back to back because they're always completely different. But what's happening is we were taking questions for both shows and we were getting a lot of questions that were very similar that were discussed on Tuesday and also discussed on Wednesday. And, you know, when people send in questions from our VIPers and elite, 
they don't know what other people are sending in. And we don't want to, you know, answer this person's question and then don't do it on Wednesday because we answered it pretty much the day before. And then, you know, we want everybody's questions to mean something. So the idea for Breakfast Soup Live going forward is the show's going to be exactly what the title says. It's going to be Breakfast Soup, but a live edition. And it will be interactive with everybody who tunes in on Discord Live. And everybody that's on Discord will be able to ask us questions, interact, have discussions with us. They will lead and dictate where the conversations go. So Tuesday will be live. And Wednesday, you know, we give people the opportunity to listen in as well. But Wednesday is the show with the questions. Tuesday, yes, we'll answer questions, but only from our live audience. Because it's kind of pointless to answer the same questions two days in a row. And we don't want to start doing that. So, you know, when I get email everybody tomorrow morning to send in questions, it'll be for Breakfast Soup for Wednesday Dark Chronicles on Thursday. Castle and, Chronicles. Uh, oh, Castle Chronicles this week. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's Castle. Yeah, yeah Castle. And, and I need to remind everyone, I'm going to be going away Wednesday night. So you're going to record Castle Chronicles Wednesday, Wednesday. night. And it'll still be released on schedule. But, you know, everybody that's going to send in questions tomorrow, you know, you'll have to send in questions for both shows in time for Wednesday because Mish and I will be doing Breakfast Soup during the day on Wednesday. And towards the evening, you'll be doing Castle Chronicles. Yeah, I'll do it at 8 o'clock, whatever time's good for you. Yeah. So, anything else you want to cover? No, it was good. Good show tonight. Yeah, and uh, we're not even 90 minutes in, which is good because, you know, 60 to 75 minutes is really the target. And I swear on my mother, I'm not joking right now, I'm actually starting to get a little bit of the cramp. So, this was a perfect timing to sign off. And uh, I recommend anybody who did not listen to last night's Class of Champions pay-per-view recap, we got into a lot more discussion than just the pay-per-view recap. We had an interesting talk on Ali and mm-hmm. uh, some recent tweeting he's been doing and a few other topics. So, you know, some of the content that you may not have heard tonight, we talked about yesterday. I will say one thing before we go. I don't mm-hmm. know if we got the date wrong yesterday, but I want to throw this out there again just in case we were wrong. Okay. We mentioned the draft that WWE's going to be doing. And the draft, yes, yesterday when we said that the first day of the draft will actually be SmackDown and Raw will be the second day, which is the reverse of what WWE's always done in the past. But the the debut of the draft, the first day will be October 11th, which is one week after they debut on Fox and also uh, five days after... Uh, Hell in a Cell. I'm pretty, I'm almost 100% certain that's the dates we gave yesterday. But just to, you know, confirm, the 11th will be the night one of the draft, which is SmackDown. And then the second night of the draft will be the 14th, which happens to be my brother's birthday. That will be uh, Monday on Raw. So those are the two days of the draft. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Okay. So, all right. So I will uh, talk to you Wednesday. I'll send you the questions early, and then we'll figure out a time that you want to do Castle Chronicles, and uh, we'll get it done. Okay. So all everybody, right. Wednesday, Castle Chronicles, and you have a good night, DT. Good you night, too. everybody. Else. Take care. Peace. Later. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, as always, follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D. 
Uh, for anyone out there that may be not doing nothing and you want to chat with other listeners out there, on the Mixler channel right now, I will stream last night's pay-per-view recap. And yes, of course, you could download it online. But the reason why a lot of people like to tune in live is because they can interact and chat with other listeners as they're listening to the content. So if you're on Discord right now, you can head on over to Mixler and um, you can check out that audio. Otherwise, I bid you farewell for tonight. Now, one thing we didn't mention tonight, I don't know if I'm going to be on next Monday because I am coming back to New York next Monday. I don't know what time I'm going to be coming back yet. You know, I'm driving. So it depends on what time we leave and, you know, we try to avoid rush hour. So, you know, if I get back really, really late, then I will obviously not be on next Monday's show. Something tells me that I will be home, you know, in, in plenty of time to check out Raw. I really don't want to miss it, but we'll see what happens. I'll obviously keep everybody informed, but thank you as always for the support, everyone. Please send your feedback as always. It is always uh, read and appreciated. Um, yeah, we, we can handle criticism too. So if you have any problems with anything we ever say, always speak out. As long as we respect each other's views, even though we don't agree on things, you know, uh, all is good. So be well. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash nebia. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.